Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 33, The Dive. Well, depending on what you know, we'll determine just how deep into our archives it goes. Meaning some things are harder to get at than others. Some stories are harder to get at than others. Some knowledge is far more valuable than others, so we protect it more. For example, the knowledge you seek. Right. Extremely valuable. Yeah. You're gonna hate me. And I'm sorry. But I don't want to go to hell. (laughs) Smart. I... I really don't. (laughs) And I am... I'm caught irreparably between doing right by you and saving my own afterlife. And it's an impossible choice. It's your choice. And I have to choose me. <sighs> Where's the book? It's just on the table right now between the two of them. Yoshia has not begun reading it at all. She read that last sentence out loud when she pulled the book out of your head to prove like, oh, see, so your memories go all the way up to present. To the moment she pulled the book. Anything after that is not in there yet. It's not psychically linked to you. Well, that's good. doesn't keep adding after I leave. That's helpful to know. No. She really did, like, a copy-paste out of your head. That's mm-hmm. fine. So. I don't know if there's a specific set of words I need to say to you, but I... Goshia says, we just need to know if these terms are acceptable for further access. Sorry. For their potential access to our archives. I cannot speak for anyone else in my party, but for me, yes. Very well. They pulls their hood over their head. All they say is, Arnis, I trusted you. And walks out. And they leave. God damn it. We'll get to Vale in a minute. I want to hit Darwin first, since he's still in the room. She'll turn to you. Darvin, would you also like to seek our knowledge on these terms? I would. Okay. She'll walk up to you, place a hand on your head, and start pulling out your book. What does your autobiography look like? Like, physically? Yeah, physically. Okay, so the book is like dark leather, right? Alright, dark leather. With like metallic cover lettering. This stands out. 
<laughs> and the inside the pages are just all, you know, like, old and worn. And maybe coffee stained. Okay. I forget. Between the two of you, Darwin and Arnis, who's older? Oh, I don't actually know the answer to that question. I forget where my... Darwin is 28. Oh, then I'm older. How old are you? Uh, well, I mean, okay, like... Con- Darwin is twenty. Literal, literal no. years wise. Yes, I'm older, years. but I'm a half elf, so technically I'm younger. How many years I'm older? 30, are you? I'm thirty five. Half elves <laughs> uh, age at the same rate as humans. At the same rate as humans, yeah. so yeah, that I'm older, but not by much. Expedites the elven blood. Uh, also, I really just a little longer. Yeah. Just want to know how many years worth of knowledge you have in your head. Arnis's book is a little bit bigger than your Darwin. She sets your book down right next to Arnis's. And we see Sam, like, staring at the door where Vale left and looking nervous, not knowing what Vale's going to do. But we'll follow Vale now. Did you leave the building? I didn't go far because I want to know if the other two are going to share also, so I'm more just, like, standing in the doorway at this point. I couldn't look at them. The doorway leading out of the temple? Uh, Out of their room. Oh, okay. Because I need to know if the other two are going to talk also. So you're still in the hallway? Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know how far you left the building. Okay. Okay. So I think you're standing there at the door when you notice the main door into the temple begin to open up from the outside. And in walks Wyatt. He's carrying the upper half of his plate mail under his arm. And he's got a bag over his shoulder. And he appears to be heading towards you. He's going to go through the hall. He sees you standing there with your hood over your head, and oh man, he only knew Vale, so he sees Kara there in the same exact clothes that Vale was wearing. Fair, but all right. So he sees you standing there, and he stops, and he'll set his the bit of his armor down. Excuse me, uh, and he like leans down to try to look under your hood. Um, miss, is something wrong? Can I help you? I just lost all I've worked for. I don't see how. What could you have lost here? The basic rule I live by has been broken. Did you break it? I did. By trusting someone who apparently I couldn't trust. Like takes his bag off his shoulder and sets it down on the ground next to his armor. I'm very sorry to hear that. But trust, you know, once lost, can be found again. It's, it's not an absolute. It's not a yes or no. That's not, that's not the worst thing. I, I, have no, I have nothing to live for anymore. What were you living for before? What have you lost that you Broke can't the live main, You're a paladin. If you were to break the main tenant of your god, the thing mm-hmm. that holds you to what you are, what would you be? Repentant. Oh, you're luckier than I am. I'm lost. The one thing I've been for my entire being, I now risk at the best being denounced and at the worst being made an enemy of. Can you not repent as well? Is that something outside of your laws? I honestly don't know. Well, if you don't know, then perhaps giving up now is not the only answer. Is there a way you could amend the situation? Was this law broken here? Yes. Well, then, maybe there's a way you could fix it here as well. I don't know how I can fix the law without breaking it again. That is troubling. 
Might I ask if, if you were to do that, would that make it right? I, I, I don't know. I've never been in a position before where I've lost complete power over the things I live for. I've spent my entire life trusting no one because that's the only way to keep myself safe. See. And I've now trusted three people with the most important secret in my life that could potentially put me to death, and they're in the other room making a decision that I can't control. His face brightens a little bit when you say secret. So it's knowledge, then. You've lost control of information. Yes. Well, if it's in the hands of the Celestials, you could try to get it back, or you could convince them to bury it. It's so deep in the archives that no one ever finds it. I, I myself have... I've not yet dared to earn the trust of Barofax, but they control everything that happens here. And while most come to seek knowledge, if he judged that its secret stayed true to what you believe is right, what is your laws, perhaps they could lock it away. I understand what you're saying, Wyatt, and I appreciate your your wisdom. Well, I, I just hope that you don't give up on something that you don't know. If there's a chance for victory, it should be taken. There's something. Mm, I have to decide something real fast. Darvin, you're a human. Right. And Aranis, you're half-human. Mm-hmm. Who wants to make a call here for something Adaris? Never been much for the human god. Oh, human. Make that decision. It's not a heavy one. All right. Although the god of elves doesn't like me either, so... Why don't you ask and we'll talk it out. All right. For the human god, what's a good symbol? Mm. A monkey. Are you just saying that because of evolution? <laughs> I'm calling humans monkeys. Yeah. Yourself a monkey. No, and I'm a monkey. And me, half a monkey. Yes, you are a half monkey. That's, that's why your tail is so short. <laughs> and my only one ear is pointy. Oh my god. <laughs> Monkeys, traditionally known for their pointy ears. <laughs> no, traditionally no, no, known for their not ears. pointy ears. Because it's the elfy part. My bad, my bad. Ah, uh, good symbol for the human god. An empty bookshelf. Okay, what do humans do? We don't know much about humans in this universe. They want... They jet well, I mean... A lot of my ideas so far have kind of focused more on exploration and adventure. Okay. Um, But I don't know, since you guys are human, if there's something you want to say about the human god. I mean, my... That sounds human-y. I I grew up with my dad, who was human, so... I don't know. He was chill. It seems to me that in, like, this universe... Right? That that humans are kind of, like, keep to themselves, right? And it's the, the elves that are, like, desirous of power. Whereas, like, right in, like, our actual world, mm-hmm. where there's no elves, it would be the humans that are, like, power hungry, right? But, um, I'm not sure. I like the, I- I like the idea of, of kind of exploration. Are there humans on every continent? I feel like I would know that. I don't know if you... Well... Or, like, on a lot of them. They're very common. Right, and this idea of exploration isn't, like, totally un, right, unfounded, and to have the human god be one of, kind of, exploration is not unfounded either. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, humans. Here we go. Here's my list. They're native to every continent except for Celestia. So five out of the six. Pretty common. Okay. I think something like a, like a horseshoe, or... Yeah, I don't think that. Map. 
A horseshoe is cool. Horseshoe, I don't, I don't hate that. Are horseshoes lucky in this universe? Like only if you get them around for the humans. Hole. Do you want? Them? Yeah, they could be, they could be a sign of good luck for humans. Since <laughs> only if you throw it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, sure, what's yeah. what's a good color for humans? Color. Yeah. Um. Careful any you answer that any question. color that they are. <laughs> <laughs> I need something to throw at Shannon, the human. You just need mean a color for the symbol to be. And a, right? a color associated with Adaris and humans in general. Well, let's work a little backwards. I'm assuming that the color associated with the elves is going to be like purple, something royal, blue, something like mm, that. I, I think it was more green. Mm-hmm. We could go purple then. Nice. Any color you want. Makes me think of Prince. They can share w- colors with other... There are 35 gods, so yeah. There's a lot of colors out there that are going to overlap. I like the idea of purple. Okay. Purple. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, humans. Half human. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back to right where we were before I asked that question. Vale's car had just thanked Wyatt and he... White reaches into his shirt, and he pulls out a silver chain with a purple metal horseshoe emblem at the bottom, and he hands it over to you. For good luck on your quests. I hope that it serves you as it served me. Oh, that was going to take it, but they're only taking it really out of the kindness of the gift, and says, but because what they're going to say is... There's not a god in the pantheon that cares about me, but thank you. Even if that's true, there are people down here who do. Oh, oh, I like him. I hope he doesn't turn out to be awful. <laughs> Wyatt's going to pick up his bag and top half of his armor. Well, I'm headed into the library for some more study. Let the paint dry out there for a while. If you see me again, say hi. And he walks farther down the hallway. You hear a door open around the corner and shut. And Wyatt heads deeper into the library. Uh, okay. Vale's going to pocket the lucky charm. Vale, you pocket the pendant that Wyatt gave you. And you're outside the door. What is the plan? What are you doing? I'm going to take off my hood I'm going to shift into my true form. Mm. And I'm going to walk back into the room. The door opens up easily, despite its size. You enter the room. There's Gosia and Aranis and Darwin at the table. There are still only two books. Sam is still a little anxious, like, talking to Sniffins about what he thinks he should do. Then um, he sees you come back in, uh, and Sam's going to rush up to you. Sniffins at his side. Vale, Vale. I'm glad you didn't leave. Look, I don't know what's going on between you and Aranis right now, um, but, uh, you know, maybe I can help. You know, maybe if I just give them my book instead, they'll let you go in. I think if they've also got Darwin's book, we're out beyond that conversation at this point. Okay, well, if there's something you need from me, just let me know. And as it stands, I'm not all that keen on giving up anything of my own. Um, but if it's something to help you guys, I'll do it. I think I need to know more about their process. Okay. Darwin and Aranis, you see Vale walk back into the room. Having not heard any of that, right? Nope. Oh, what Sam said, or what happened in the hall? 
any of it. I meant what Sam said, but I meant the most recent exchange. I'm assuming. No, you could hear what Sam said. Okay. This room is big, but it's not like dampening sound. Okay. Sam wasn't trying to be quiet. The Vale was trying to be quiet. That's another story. No, yeah. Sam was clearly offering to help. Okay. Also because, yeah, Sam's not the one to keep secrets from you guys. Right. Mm. Never mind. <laughs> Thanks. He's not the one to hide his intentions from you guys. Okay, How about that? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. He that, did that, keep the Tamani secret a while. That took me a while. So I can't. That's fine. Who's doing something? I've already done my bit. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to phrase what I'm about to say. Okay. Gosha is in no rush. Okay. We're in this room. Darwin and Arnis, you're at the table with your autobiographies on them. Gosha on the other side. Vale has just returned. Sam and Sniffins went to go offer some help. It's quiet in the room at this point? For the most part. You can hear Gosha's feet just shuffle slightly on the stone floor. Gosha, by taking my friend's memories, you've put my life at risk. You've made me break the three main tenets. I would like to know what happens with those books. Oh, well that is a simple request. The standard procedure for anything not urgent is that it gets put into a queue for cataloging and uh, transcription and integration into other information. That can't happen. Okay, well, with more pressing cases where time is sensitive, sometimes we do a dive into the book and try to pull everything out firsthand, so to speak. I'm sorry, I'm being unclear. The knowledge that my companions have of me and the things I've done was to remain secret. Ah. Now I understand your meaning. Well, your friend could always take their book back. That would be the end of our business here. Um, there is... There's one other option, but I, I shouldn't even bring it up. It's, it's largely implausible. I think you should share. Would somebody like to try to persuade? I'm looking to Vale, but if Arnis wants to try to assist here, or yeah. jump on this... Yeah. We are already dealing with one impossibility here. You know the knowledge that I seek. You have to know how almost impossible what I want is. <clears throat> I just know that the information is guarded. Not that the act is impossible. And so, what's another implausible act <laughs> on top of that? You raise a fair point, but uh, she wavers. Now I need some persuasion rolls. From both of us, right? One of you can assist the other. You can decide who's taking point on that. I honestly think I have to be the one taking point. Thank God. 18 on my die. I'm 13. Alright, that'll boost it up a little bit. Gosha will turn to the group of you. We are not unfamiliar with the idea that some knowledge is not suitable for others. Normally, we lock this information deep into the archives. But there are rare occasions where information is redacted. Seeing as this isn't something that we want, it would be up to you to redact that information. 
If you who, which you, you, all of you, and if and go about doing that, I'm sorry, she's getting there. <laughs> yeah, she's getting there. She's just trying to like read the room, see if people are like, what? What's that word even mean? I did instantly think of pterodactyls when you said redacted. Okay. No, Vale is very, very aware of the term yeah. redacted. <laughs> You turn it into a <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I imagine Vale is keenly aware of information being blotted out in ledgers and books. Well, when we do our dives into books, it is possible to remove knowledge, to blur it from anybody else's view. If you would be willing to go into your own books, you'd try to do that yourself. What? what does that mean? I don't. Does this mean we have to lose the memory somehow? No, as I said, these are copies. Okay. So does this mean I just take a quill to the book and start scratching stuff out? I mean, like, truthfully, there's some stuff about my own past I might as well remove while we're at it. Well, you would only need to do it in one of the books. Once information has been redacted in one area, it is automatically redacted everywhere else. That's creepy. So I just redact my entire book and you take care of everything, essentially. Now, what I will tell you is that these are targeted maneuvers. And no, you can't simply take a pen or a, an inkwell to the page. You'll find you can't write in these books. After all, they are written by your own minds. But we do have a way of physically entering them. You're going to have to explain that one to me because I am lost to physically enter a book and open a page and dive in. Oh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, Page Master, Futurama, what have you. Missed. I was trying to hit the target. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So it could be your own. Could be RS's here. Could be Darwin's. If successfully redacted, we would not stop you from seeking further knowledge within our temple. So all we gotta do... No, no, no. What is required in the process of move going into the book and redacting it? You've said it's not... Essentially that it's nigh on impossible, so... It, it's plausible. Implausible. The permission to do so, as an ah. outsider. Ah. The act is... Well, entering is painless. It's as dangerous as your own memories. Oh. Huh. I don't understand how you can get rid of stuff once you're in there. She's also insinuating that getting out is not easy. Don't know whether or not that was on purpose. Anyway. Uh, the travel in and out is, is not going to be the difficult part. What is the difficult part? Besides the permission. Facing your own memories, of course. What's difficult about that? Depends on what's in your head. I mean, do our memories pose a physical threat? Indeed, they can. So physical threats we've lived in the past... Could resurface. Okay. Actually, refighting battles you fought before. I see, I see. But if we're to be precise, in most of the battles. Never mind, I'm not going to finish that thought. <laughs> I will leave it to you to decide. We'll have to, of course, take this up with a higher power as to whether or not you get permission. Until I know whether or not I have permission, you're not getting my book. It's bad enough you've got theirs. Okay. Just a moment. Gosha will head towards the door and say, Please remain here. I'll return shortly. She leaves the room. 
Uh, a very short moment here to talk outside of Gosha's presence. She said tactical, so I'm thinking the specific battles you and I would be interested in redacting are both, uh, what's the right word, one-shots, mostly? Hmm? Like, I'm not worried about them being dangerous. Yeah. I'm, um, less concerned about the battles that we fought together and more concerned about the trial that we went through together, where it came out, what I am and where I'm from. Uh, the fact that you know where the guild hall is in Karami and who the leader of the hall is. Oh, yeah. That All is of the lot. knowledge that you have of everything that I'm supposed to have kept secret and sacred. Ooh. Okay, I'm with you. We'll, we'll figure this out. I don't know. Figure it out. You only have to go into one of your guys' books. But Darwin kind of has stuff that, you know what I mean? He's got other secrets he wants to keep? No, it's not other secrets. It's just that his initial thought was like, screw it. I'm doing this for my god, right? I, I, like, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff I don't want anyone to know, but it's for my god, so whatever. It's fine. But now he's like, well, wait a minute. If we can like redact stuff from Vale's book, there's no reason everyone's got to know about my actual job, right? Also true. So that's his thought process now, is he's like, well, shit, we might as well make some edits there, too. All right, you've got a moment here to decide. Goshia returns. She has a stack of paperwork. It looks tiny in her hands. Just normal-sized paper for you. (laughs) And she sets it down on the table, along with a quill and some ink. And looking at these, these are forms to request an audience with Barifax. Wow. All you have to do is state why you want to meet them, sign it, and Goshia will take it away. Do we each do this? Everybody who wants to do this. Can we work together on the short answer portion? <laughs> I, I take the quill. My statement is, I want to meet this person, this deity, to redact elements of my life from the books of my companions, and I sign it. That's fair. Anybody else want to go meet a new god? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. By which you mean a god you haven't met before. Yeah. They are quite old. Can I just say I write something along the same lines? Yeah. Arnis? Arnis just writes, I want to protect my friend. Oh, That's very sweet. <laughs> they still are my friend. <sighs> no, I don't put that part on the paper. <laughs> I think it. You just think that? I think it. You see the words, like, scribe themselves out across the end of the paper and onto the table in your head. <laughs> okay. Gosha will take them. All right. That was rather painless, wasn't it? Now, follow me. I follow. I follow. Yeah. She heads over to the door and opens it up and lets everybody out. And you walk further down the hall. And as you approach the next door, Sam kind of stops and he's like, Um, I mean, if it's all the same to you guys, I might just hang back while you go meet a god. It's a little heavy. It's fine, Sam. Okay. I'll be right out here in the hall. Sure. Gosha opens up another door around the corner and leads you in, and you are in the absolute largest room you've ever seen. Nice. From the outside, this building looked like it was 40, 50 feet tall. In here, it looks like it's 40 to 50 stories tall. It's big on the inside. All lined with books. There are catwalks and ladders just zooming around everywhere along the edges. There are celestials flying around. Most of them have the same crescent-shaped wings. Some point down, some point up. 
it seems mostly it's the uh, the female celestials who have the wings pointing down, the males who have it pointing up. Mostly. Mostly. There are some who stick straight out, uh, and there's some that have less of a curve than others. Um, mostly they're flying around, just going through books, collecting information, writing down new information, placing it among the shelves. And as you look out into this massive room, you notice the light just glisten off a tube that you're in. You seem to be in a long, crystalline tube, preventing you from just leaping off into the books. It is a long way down. Gosha will escort you through. Here we have our, our standard stacks. General information, everything in these books here has happened within the past 500 years or so. All gets, of course, cross-checked amongst the others. And as we get closer to the truth, volumes get placed deeper into the archives, into the more protected stacks. And you walk a good three, four hundred feet down this tube before you come to another door. And she opens it up, and you walk into another stone hallway. Let's see. The hallway goes in three directions, left, right, and straight ahead. She'll lead you straight ahead to another large set of double doors. She opens it up, and this is a spiral staircase leading down. It is, of course, very wide and very tall to accommodate for the Celestials and for other people who may come in who are of larger size. Uh, and begin a long trek down. Because of the size of the stairwell and just the depth that you go, it's half an hour down before you come to the largest set of doors that you've seen in this place. The oak is polished to a mirror-like sheen. And as you stand there, you can see your own reflections in it. Damn. Goshia knocks on a small portion of the door that looks like a mail slot almost. Someone opens it up from the inside and she passes your paperwork in. A few minutes later, the door opens in. And it is dark inside. Please, come with me. Okay? Everybody's going in? Yeah, yeah. All right. I would just like to point out that now we have to walk half an hour up the stairs to get out of here. I'm just going to throw that out there. You poor thing. Like, oh, terrible. Uh, That doesn't sound fun. But anyway, in we go. In you go. And as the three of you enter, Goshia follows in behind you and shuts the door. And it is pitch black. Arnis, you can make out just vague shapes. And a moment later, the room, like... A giant dome, probably 150 feet around. You notice from behind you, it just kind of opens up, and you see light coming in. And above you is just books. Huge tomes. Ancient beyond belief. And as these four panels slide open, you see they are not panels. These are the four giant wings of Barifax. Wow. They have a set that goes up and a set that goes down. God of Celestials, they're allowed to have extra wings. Fair. And they are in a white tweed robe. A simple rope around their waist. And several sets of glasses on their head. And as you enter in, they kind of shuffle between a few on the top of their head and bring a set down. These are clearly for focusing on you-sized people. Barifax is 50 feet tall, easily. Is just sitting there on this really large cushion. Eyes, everybody. Greetings. I see by this paperwork here that you're seeking some special permission. Why should we grant it to you? You should grant me permission because the knowledge you've gained was not theirs to give. Hmm. Very interesting. 
Please tell me, whose rules do you live by? I live by the rules of my order. Ah, structured organization. Very good. It's always easier to judge. Somewhere a little more... Hmm, difficult. Which order would that be? We know some hold their secrets quite dear. And I will say, well, if I were to tell you the order I live by, then I would be breaking the first rule. It's a fight club. Well, no. (laughs) If he's as knowledgeable as he is, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. (laughs) First rule of the day is you do not talk about the game anymore. Chris is not far off. You say that, and Barifax leans back in this plush pillow and raises the set of glasses up. Ponders up for a moment. Hmm. Ah, yes. Lowers the glasses back down and leans in towards the three of you. There are very few options there as to who you might belong to. And in any of those cases, yes, secrecy is part of your rules. And as much as we live by our own... We don't want to break yours if we don't have to. I understand all three of you wish to dive in. Yes? We help each other when we can. Darwin just nods. Someone roll some persuasion up in here. With an assist. I don't care who's doing who. Because everybody's playing. No no one's on the line here, so that's going to be a ten. Ooh, that's a good assist. That's a solid assist. Very well. We can let you attempt to redact your information. Now, we can make no guarantee of your safety. You'll be at the mercy of your own memories. Are you willing to take that chance? Considering the other options I have, I am willing to take that chance. I do not speak for my companions. Same. Considering the other options I have, I'm willing to take the chance. Same. Okay. Wonderful. Gauthier here can assist you with performing the dive. If you are unsuccessful, of course, that information will stay. Understood? Yes. 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 Okay. Barifax stands up, all four wings spread, huge and wide. You can see the feathers in their wings glistening all sorts of different colors. It's like silvery white feathers, but as the light hits it, you can see different colors in them. And they begin to take a step forward, and it looks for a moment like they're just going to step on you. (laughs) But as their foot comes down right in front of you, they shrink down to just about Gosia's size. He leans in close to everybody, reaches out a hand, just palm up. I wish you the best in your endeavors of knowledge. And if you care to undertake our trials afterwards, it would be interesting to see what else you seek. And they just kind of look at their hand and then look at you expectantly. You're supposed to take a high five to give him money? I'm not sure. Handshake. It's more of a handshake. Oh, okay. They just have very large hands. Yeah. You could see what happens if you slip them a couple of gold in the handshake, but it might be insulting This is actually the only god we've met so far that I've liked, so I will gladly shake his hand because he's done the most for me any god has so far. Darwin's second they. favorite god. But. They're just playing by their own rules. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I will shake their hand. Same. They smile, nod, turn around, and as they take a step away, grow back into their full size. 
take a seat onto that large cushion, push those glasses up, grab another set, pull them down, reach up through the top of the dome, as if it's not even there, grabs a volume off the shelf, pulls it down, starts reading it. Gosia will escort you out of the room. Well, that went well. I'm afraid we're going to have to go back to the top of the stairs now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get the hike. If only up or as easy as down. Well, I'm sure it is for you when you can fly. I mean, she wasn't saying that, but <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, Gosha, as soon as like they take a few, as soon as she takes a few steps up, she just flaps her wings a little bit and just starts a nice slow flight up the stairs. This is why they've never given any thought to mechanizing the stairs. Arnis definitely got to the bottom of the stairs and was like, I wonder if I could just convince her to give us a ride back to the top. <laughs> But he would never ask it. He would never ask that question. Gosia first escorts you back up to the room you were previously in. I just need to recover your books. We'll adjourn to somewhere more private for the dive. She goes in, she comes back out, a couple books in hand, and will lead you back into that long crystalline tube tunnel, back into that other hallway. Instead of going straight ahead towards Barifax, leads you to the left and enter into a much cozier room. Lining the far wall is a shelf with a number of stands in it for books. She'll turn to each of you and say, Well, whose book are you going into? Does it matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. She wouldn't ask if it didn't matter. Um, yeah. Right before we decide that, I'm going to ask her if they, they still are requiring my book at this point. Not for this. If you wish to peruse our stacks or go through our trials, yes. But as stated before, this information would be redacted. Once it is removed from one, it is removed from all. But Vale would have other information that might need to be removed that isn't well, ours. Vale's book got taken, they would have to take all mentions of the Denouement out of their book. It would be like literally taking your life story and ending your parents out of it. Which means it's probably not possible. It's possible. It'd just be a lot of freaking work. Gotcha. Hmm. Well, the information... Uh, let's see. How does she say this? The information is not instance-specific. If you redact the earliest mention, it would be removed from all subsequent mentions. Uh, so, like, if... It's okay. I'm, then I'm going to have this conversation with her. So then, hypothetically speaking, if I were to dive into my book and, say, remove my first mention or interaction with my own mother, would that remove her from the entire life history of myself? Yes. Hmm. If she were not there at that point, how could she exist at any other? That's very logic. So then, moving forward in this logic, if I were to remove my, my mother from my book, would then she be removed from their books? Yes. Yes, yeah, she if she were there. Okay, then yeah, you can have my book and I'll go into mine. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that's okay. I get it. Think of it like time travel. Yeah. If you kill Hitler as a child, he's not mentioned anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like, one time there was a boy, and then he died. He was murdered by time travel. This is going to have psychological effects on Dale. Who wants to go to Dale's childhood? This is going to be fucking ridiculous. Okay. I I really don't, but to protect Vale, I do. It'll be fun. Come on. We might all die terribly, but it'll be awesome. Oh, shit. Vale's childhood was in the capital, wasn't Just it? Just remember. In the capital. When you die, the day uh, yeah, you go to your else. god. <laughs> I know. I'm literally going to have to go back to the earliest memory Vale has and redact from the very first memory. But in theory, that should be all we have to do, right? Yeah. 
And once we've done that... Or just the moment that you join. But it could no, be an earlier moment. I was born into the guild. Okay. So, so that's all I have to do. And once we remove that... It's a baby veil. I fail. I'm pale. <laughs> In fact, I think I know the memory. Right? I know the memory. That we All right. But first, before we get to that, we're jumping ahead of ourselves yes. here. Goshia turns to you and smiles and says, Please, stand still. And she'll reach out one hand to hold your head steady. And reach in with the other, pressing her three fingers onto your forehead and pushing in. Grabs a hold of your autobiography. Pulls it out. What does your book look like? It's not a book. It's a scroll. Ooh, that's fine. And it's, uh... It's just magical bullshit. Yeah, yeah. if you want to have a scroll, you can have a scroll. Um, because it's like a ledger. And so it's scrolled all the way up. It's in, like, a black leather, almost like map tube. And when the end is pulled off, it's just, like, tattered old paper. It's been rolled up and, like, there's, there's very little rhyme or reason like, if someone were to read it, it would be, like, the top is the first memory, but then, like, the next memory is written over in a scribble somewhere else. It's, like, very haphazardly put together. It's like getting portrait of the artist as a young man. Yeah. Or, you know, Catch-22. Gotcha. God, that book. Okay. And it's written from multiple perspectives. Not from, like, multiple characters' perspectives, oh, but, like, as Vale's like taken on different personalities, the uh, voice of the story changes to match the personality they take on. The narrator matches, nice. like... It's this is the Vale narrator, this is the Kara narrator, mm-hmm. this is the Lord Goldagger narrator. Yeah. I dig it. That's cool. Definitely can happen. Yeah. Doshia pulls out that long scroll, just holds it in both hands, walks over to that table at the end, has to push a couple things aside. Not used to rolling things out. It's usually books. Some people only have pamphlets. Some people have encyclopedias. <laughs> I- Benefit. Would you like to join Cora? Cora wants you. Your life is way more interesting than that. <laughs> I mean, that's usually like incredibly young people, um, people who have had their mind altered by magical means. Mostly because just forgetting based on the passage of time doesn't really matter. Like that information is still in your brain. You've just okay. forgotten how to recall it. But yeah, Goshia has the long scrolls of Fail's autobiography and unrolls it there on the table. All right, we need to find the root moment you wish to redact. I think with your help, like, mm-hmm. she'll be able to find it. Yeah. So you just want me to describe it? Hmm? You just want me to describe it? Oh, if you already know what it is. Yeah, I figured it out. By all means, please describe how Vale remembers that moment. So Vale did not know that they were living... In a guild house, they just thought it was like a cool place where all of these cool people lived. Um, until the day her mother didn't come back from an assignment, then she was brought into the guildmaster's room, and it was explained the whole story of the guild and their mother, and the fact that she, that they, Vale, were now a ward of the guild and would begin their training. All right. Goshia makes sure that page is on the top and goes to a large cabinet. She pulls out three sets of gloves. Not like the ones she's wearing. She pulls out these three sets of cotton gloves, plain on the outside of the hands. But on the inside, on the palm, there's a symbol of two crescents kind of resting on top of one another. And having seen Barifax, you recognize this is like a silhouette of their wings. And she'll hand out this set to each of you. And then she'll return to the cabinet and grab three sets of goggles. They have a golden quartz lens on them over each of the eyes. 
Please, put these on. Because I'm asked. And you? Is your cool? Well, interacting directly with memories is difficult. Seeing things as they are remembered versus as they truly were is difficult for some. These goggles will help. If you lose them, your perception may become skewed. Just a warning. The gloves will help you get in. When you are ready to return, come back to the door. You'll see it once you enter. Okay. Nobody else should be able to see it. Matrixy feel, but I got it. I get it. Imagine like the holodeck. Yeah. The characters don't see the arch or the door. Each. Unless you're Moriarty or what's his name? Cyrus Redblock. Right. Okay. When you're ready, place both of your hands on the page you wish to enter. And then you just go in. It'll feel like how do I describe this to someone who's never felt it before? Ah. It'll feel like pushing your hands into an ooze. But safer. Good to know. <laughs> and at the same time, much less. Okay. I'll be here when you return. You should enter in close to this memory. If you stay on the path of history, it should be easy to find. Okay. Let's do it. Who wants to go into Vale's memories? Me. <laughs> he said reluctantly. <laughs> <laughs> Not me at all, but I'll go. A little like five year old veil. Oh, it's gonna be fun. And probably deadly. That's it's fun. gonna be weird. I'm just not sure how we're supposed to... Me neither. I, like, that, don't worry about it. It's like, yeah. that I don't understand, but okay. Okay, hands on the book. Okay. All ready to go in? Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Okay. You all place your hands on this page and push in. And yeah, it feels it feels warm. It feels like there's this gelatinous tension as you're forcing your hands in. Oogie. But as you look down at the page itself... It doesn't look like your hands are going anywhere until in your head, your eyes pass through the level of the page and instantly all three of you vanish, just and there's a falling sensation and you tumble in just pitch blackness for a few moments before like you feel like you're sideways or upside down or I guess those are the only two ways that aren't right side up. (laughs) (laughs) Diagonal? You feel like you're just about to land on your head or your back, and all of a sudden, you feel the ground underneath your feet. And you see a beam of light peering through the cracks around a door in front of you in this pitch blackness. We're supposed to go through that door, then. There's nowhere else to go, so yeah. Yeah. All right, through the door. Well, there's the infinite darkness behind you. Yeah. No, we could explore that. Vale's going to go through the door. I'm cool. You can... (laughs) You're not going to make it far into that. I might make it slightly further than you, and that's about it. Oh, because of that. Right, right. Because of that whole not being able to see thing. But if there's nothing there, what do you need to see? How do you know there's nothing there unless you can see? That's true. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going through the door. As fascinating as the infinite darkness sounds. Okay. You push through the door and immediately stumble out into the middle of a busy street. There's people everywhere. There's horses and carts. And as soon as you look behind you, the door just swings shut. It remains visible, but you see other people passing right through it. Vale, you quickly recognize this as the street just outside of where you used to live. Back when your mom was still alive. And you knew nothing of the denouement. It's a nice day. The city is crowded, but that's completely normal for Vermilion. 
the capital was never without its crowds, even here in the area you lived in. Um, has anybody else been to the capital? Um, I probably passed through it at some point. I think Darwin might have said the same. Yeah, I think. But, like, I mean, like I have On a business trip as a boy, but yeah, tagging along with Dad. That sounds right. I don't know that I ever stayed for very long. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like, I would have done the usual kind of tavern-y circuit and moved right. on, maybe. Vale, I have an important question for you about your mom. She was a shape changer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a doppelganger? Or a changeling? Changeling. Okay. When living in the city, did she disguise herself as another person or race, or was she herself? Uh, she tended to disguise herself as a human. Okay. So I imagine you're living in the human quarters then. Yeah. Which is a very misleading term because there are far more than four of these sections. Oh, no, I'm sorry, no. Well, the we were living in the guild house. So oh, okay. Wherever that would have been. But I mean, for ease of reference, you can easily just place it in the human quarters because that would make sense why she was also posing as human. That is totally fine. Yeah, we can put the guild house there in the human quarters. Was this known as a guild house? Mm-mm. Okay, that's all I need to know. So you all find yourself on this incredibly busy street in the human section of the capital. There's people coming and going. Vale, you've got a pretty good idea of where you're at. Darvin, you may have seen this area but this isn't the nice enough part of town that your dad would have taken you to spend any time in. But before anybody has too much of a chance to orient themselves, like, oh yeah, I know exactly where I am. Aside from Vale. You grew up here, so you know this area. You hear a scream coming from down the street. Mm. What do you do? I look to Vale. Same. We were supposed to follow the path of history. I didn't. don't remember witnessing that, so yeah, my first instinct would be when you go to the guild and follow the path of history. Okay. I mean, sounds the city. I grew up in the city. Screams happen all the time. I'm with you. <laughs> right. I'm with you in my world, so... Okay. Just can't contradict myself here. Vale, how long ago was this for you? In years? So, my current age is 21, or was when we started. And this was when I was five, so it was what? 16 years ago? 16 years ago. All right. You hear the scream, decide we're here on a mission, can't bother ourselves with... Every little thing that happened in the past in Vale's memories. And you see a woman come bolting around the corner. She's human, probably like 20. Not very well dressed. A little dirty. Uh, she is feverishly clinging to her bag. Whether there's money or food or just personal items in there, you don't know. But she comes tearing around the corner, screaming and looking back behind her. Just, ah! You know, asking for help. Help, help, help. And is barreling right towards the three of you. And moments later, you see peeling around that corner, chasing after her, is a rather middle-aged orc man. Vale, you recognize this as Darnell. This is Lorraine's dad. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and he's just chasing this woman down. Again, it's past. We can't do anything about it. We, we've got a mission we've got to stick to. It is interesting. But okay. he was a guild member. He could have been doing it as a job. This is unrelated, you sure? Is that our purpose? My purpose is to erase from the book my learning of the Danny Ma. As far as I understand my past... It has nothing to do with this. This has nothing to do with that. Okay. So this woman comes running at you. What do you do? Step out of the way. I mean, I feel like I should be able to just stand there and have her run okay. through me, but natural desire to not get ran over is going to kick in at that point, right? Okay. Yeah. Step aside, Darvin, Arnis, letting this woman run by. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she runs down the street about another 50 feet before turning another corner, and you see a younger version of Darnell run right past you, fierce determination in his eyes as he's chasing her down. They both disappear around a corner. Vale, you're able to lead everybody over to the guildhouse that exists here in Vermilion. On the outside, it appears rather tucked away, but you know this is where you grew up. At this time, this was just home for you. So I am um, going to lead them in and through the building to the uh, backyard area. Less a backyard, more like the buildings kind of form a circle around the block, and there was like an open space where we would play as kids. Yeah, between yeah. them, which was where I remember being when the guild leader came to get me. It's where I'm expecting, if this is the point in the memory I'm supposed to be, where Young Vale would be. You all walk through the Dainmont Guild Hall. It's rather empty at this time of day. People are either off on assignment, sleeping, who knows, or off keeping up a, a front. And you enter into this yard area, and there are a number of young children playing. Vale, you of course instantly recognize yourself, along with a few of the other kids. And as the three of you come out, they all stop and turn and look at you. And, uh... Vale, who was your friend growing up? Who was your kid buddy? Mm. Oh, it was Lorraine. Fuck me, of course it was. Because we established that, <laughs> yeah, we we were, did. that we were rivals, so it was a little half-orc Lorraine. Of course we did. Of course we did. Okay. Yeah. And a young Lorraine, only four or five years old, sees the three of you and just comes running up. Hey! What are you doing here? I don't know you. Not working out of work. Oh, it's for learning some things. Yeah. It's also really not easy to experience for Val. <laughs> the time when we were still friends before she totally right. went in the rain on us. It also is making the, the, the killing of her now not as easy as it was when it happened. Because um, that was super easy. Was, yeah. Just killing at the time was very easy because it was all guilt law, and, and she was no longer my friend anymore. And now I'm staring down at the five year old version of her, and I don't know how to react to this. I was expecting to just walk in, do the thing, and walk out. I don't, is, I don't know what the thing is. That's my problem right now. Like, I have no idea what we're supposed to do. Well, first like, we have to figure out how to, you know, get around this. She's got that, like, that look that kids get on their face when they're trying to be serious. But you know they're not. Hmm. That like fake pout. Mm-hmm. Vale, I'll let you decide what young Vale would have done here. But yeah, young Lorraine is up in your business. I don't know you. Should you be here? Hmm. I feel like I think young Vale saves us here. <laughs> not because I don't want to. Uh, don't want adult Vale to deal with it, but I think adult Vale's gonna like. Vapor lock in this moment and not know how to react because they've got too many emotions to deal with. But Vale's mother did not want her to know about the guilt business until Vale's mother was ready to tell her or to tell them. And so Vale's mother was very strict on do not interact with anyone you don't know that comes into the guild. And so Vale's going to run up and grab little Lorraine and be like, no, we should just go back and play. Ignore them, they're not important. Okay. It's just trippy for Vale to watch. Young Lorraine turns to Little Vale. Oh, come on! <sighs> Just like shoulder pushes past you. Very Dr. Cox like. Bang! <laughs> uh, and goes back into the yard to continue whatever game it is you play as children. What are you looking for out here? Besides little you. 
I think it's fun to space to, since apparently people can see us, which is weird, find a space to just wait and watch for the guild leader to come and get me. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're kind of just waiting. Okay. At this point, because I know that then, like, Vale's logical brain is thinking, plan is we go, we wait for me to go, and we follow me, because that's the memory we need to delete. Oh, smart. Mm-hmm. So you all are just sitting outside, waiting patiently, mm-hmm. as young Vale, young Lorraine play? Yeah. Uh, our innocent Darwin, how does it feel to see little Vale? Um, totally in, like, little change form, too, like, kind of grew up oblivious to the fact that people hated changelings. Mm. It's weird. It's uncanny. Do they look like Vale, but in little kid form? Yeah. Little Vale, and Child Vale, and Child Lorraine, and oh, you all know Lorraine. I feel like there's totally a moment where we're watching them play where little Vale shifts into little Lorraine just to mess with her, because, like, I have this cool little power. Look, I'm going to pick <laughs> on you. I'm you. Nice. Okay. I think you're waiting out there for an hour or so. The kids are mostly content to leave you alone. Every once in a while, Lorraine gives the three of you a dirty look. Just... You're out here, but you're not doing nothing. That's weird. I don't trust adults. <laughs> when the doorway to this open play space opens up, and rather than seeing the guild leader here, Vale, you see your mom walk out. She's walking over to Little Vale, and you instantly know where this is. You're a day early. Your mom is just about to go on the last mission that she had. She kneels down to Little Vale, slip a paper in her hand. You, as a member of the Denouement, know that's her assignment. Yeah. And she just leans down to Little Vale. Mommy's going to be gone for the night. But don't you worry. I'll be back in the morning, just like always. You play with your friend Lorraine here. She'll keep an eye on you. And if you get in any trouble, just talk to Darnell. He's a good guy. You two behave. And she'll lean down and give you a little kiss on the head. And as she turns to leave the yard area, she notices the three of you standing there. And you can tell that she knows it's weird. Like, she doesn't recognize any of you. But she continues walking on regardless. She's got a mission that she has to carry out. There's a part of me that wants to know. The Vale that wants to know what happened. But I don't... The logical part of Vale doesn't believe that I can find that out. Because you don't know. Because I don't know it. already. It's not part of your memories. And I don't know how this weird magic works. Whether it'll show me the truth of the moment or if it's going to show me. I also don't think, after everything I've gone through in the last few months, I can deal with seeing my mother killed. Yeah, let's not do that. Although I guess it is your choice. So I share with you all, apparently a day early. I just want to point out, as I mentioned before, if you stop an event, obviously nothing else happened after that. Are uh, you saying I could conceivably save my mother's life? In your memory. In the book. This is redacting information. In the copy of your memories. So we could just get her not to go on the mission somehow. If you never get told about the denouement, you never knew about it in the book. In the book, but that doesn't change my knowledge of it in... In real life. real life. Or the fact that your mother is dead. All it changes is the knowledge in the Celestial Temple, which is what we want. Meaning you're conceivably not a day early, except you are a day early. You're right when Goshio wanted you to arrive. I'm confused. So, so it doesn't affect the veil at all. Not in real right. life. So It affects your book. What this does is essentially rather than redact it, it just changes the story. 
and then removes me from your stories because I would have never become an assassin. No, no. The waves aren't that intense. The, the It's not changing the course of history. It's removing a memory. If Young Vale never knew about the Danenmont, never had that talk with the guild leader, then Young Vale never knew about it. And as far as the book is concerned, Vale had some secretive friends. Vale killed some people. So if I just walk up and convince my mother not to go on this assignment, then it effectively solves the problem. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah, let me go. This isn't time travel. This is memory manipulation. Memory manipulation. It's, it's story manipulation, right? You're just changing the beginning of the story, if that yeah. is more yeah. helpful. And again, only in the context of the temple. Which affects the narrative for the rest of the story. Let's try that then. Uh, then we follow her out. Okay. Yeah, the three of you follow Vale's mom out into the street. Are you being coy about this at all? I don't even think we get as far as the street. I think we try and stop her before she gets out of the building. Okay. How do you want to stop her? Problem is, I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> my mother's name. <sighs> oh, break my the One thing, the one thing I don't... And I don't think Vale would have even known. She would have been too young. Yeah, I mean, if you lost her at five, she was mom. She was mom. Oh, but I could I could address her by her rank, which I would be able to tell by what she's wearing. Sure. Because she'd be going out prepared. Oh, yeah. Um, she's out on a mission. For the sake of ease. Let's say she's the same rank that I am now. That's fine. I mean, not to be dark about it, but she failed this mission. Yeah, right. So she... Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't come up with terms for the ranks. I didn't think I was going to need that yet. Like... The easiest is I'm not far from the lowest rank because personally I, I you know I just got my gauntlet right a few levels ago and I haven't really moved up yet. So I think if I just address her as like assassin is like that's the general rank and file level, which is she still at? She's not a neonate anymore. I think okay. that would work. So kind of as she's about to exit the door, I, I just I, yes, because she's in her human form, and the reason mm-hmm. I regularly chose a female human form is because my mother did. It's touching. Yeah. I just call out to her, I just, uh, I'll just say, Assassin, wait. And hearing the unfamiliar, mostly unfamiliar voice, she stops and gives the three of you a dirty look like, what are you? You're lucky we're still here. If the door was open, that could have been dangerous. I am aware. (sighs) What do you want? I have work. About that. Uh, Your task this evening has been reassigned. To who? To myself. I'm in my uniform, I'm in my garb. I haven't heard anything about this. It was just made moments ago. I just got out of the, uh... Oh, it's the big lie. Mm-hmm. I know. It's the big lie. I just got out of the Guildmaster's office. Alright, roll deception. Yes, thank God it's deception. <laughs> of course it's You're deception. You're not telling the truth. I know. 23. This is very last minute. If you're doing this, then what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to help you? Uh, no, you've been... You've been tasked with watching the children for the evening. Watching... I was told I would get more work. I'd be allowed to perform missions and move up the ranks. How am I supposed to do that if I'm watching kids all the time? We all pull our weight... And there have been complaints that the rain has not been treating your child well. <laughs> and we figured it would be best if you handled it. Right. 
is not the route that I would have gone for. But it's hella smart. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand. Her dad is... That's so good. Maybe she gets it from her mom. I don't know. This has to be carried out tonight. And it will get taken care of tonight. Oh my god. We have to go on. We don't have to go on the mission. All we have to do is convince her that it's getting taken care of. We only have to change yeah. the one memory. We're not. Do it. Um, there's a chance that if you don't finish the mission, then in memory time, that'll just push it back. Okay. Uh, so we do have to finish the mission. This mission was called off because it was so dangerous and got members of the Denouement killed. Okay. If you want to ensure that this memory gets redacted, got it. Got it. you've got to well either take her place or finish the mission. Okay. So we're setting up an alternate timeline. Basically. Uh, okay. Cool. Then we have to go to the mission, but we can handle the three of us because we're the three of us and she was the one of her. Yeah. We'll yeah. Fine. Nothing wrong with that logic. We'll be fine. Well, we only know about the one of her. You have no idea if she had... Although I suppose if she had backup, then we have her backup, too. Yeah. Plus, I'm, we've established a little more skill than she was at this point in her career. Yeah. Perfect. So you're totally prepared for what we're about to do. Yeah. Arnis is going to die. So as... Book. This mean, what, is, what is she doing at this point? Because I, I do need to ask her... <laughs> She's flustered. She's disappointed that she doesn't get to go out on the mission. But right now, she is believing you that the guildmaster has switched assignments here. And she holds it up in her hand. She's just like, I really wanted to do this. But you you promised me this is getting done tonight. I will take it. It will get done. And you will get credit for all of the pre-work that you've I, done. I don't need credit that I haven't earned. I just want to know that this is getting handled by someone who's going to finish the job. I promise you, I will make sure that this gets taken care of. All right. Roll me a persuasion. I don't even know what I haven't rolled this one yet tonight. Can I, how would you like up? to assist? Before you roll, Vale, how would Arnest like to assist? I think just by stepping up and saying, like, they already said, like, I promise it'll get done. Just by kind of backing them up and saying, no, we promise it'll get done tonight. Hmm. Hiring outside help. Well, maybe that's why you're moving ahead faster than I am. All right, go ahead and both go. That's a 13. Did you just crit fail? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I am no help at all. It's a total of an 8, but it's a crit fail. Let's see. I don't think she's going to stop you, but it's going to happen to Arnis here. Nothing good. Vale's mom turns to you and just looks you cold in the eyes, reaches out with a hand, like places it on your shoulder, like opposite shoulder. It just says, minstrels don't make good assassins, dear. <laughs> Maybe you better stick to the bars. I'm sure there's plenty of young girls who would be thrilled by your music. <laughs> I'm just gonna look, My mom was a ball buster. I'm just going to look back at her and go, uh, you're not wrong about the last part, but uh, I think you ought to let me be the judge of what I can actually do. <sighs> I don't care if she believes me or not. I really don't. Like, it's just... It's just a retort. Mm-hmm. Lady, I don't care what you think. Although... She rolls her eyes deep into the back of her head. Oh, I'm not surprised. And just gives you a little shove in the shoulder. Turns around and heads back out to the yard. And you can hear her, like, playing a little game with a little Vale and a little Lorraine. Probably got, like, a little hopscotch going on or something.
So you're standing there near the exit to the guild hall. You hear Lil Vale, Lil Lorraine having a grand old time with Vale's mom. And as soon as she gets out there, you know, she puts on the smile. She's having a good time. She enjoys spending time with Vale. And so she also has, you know, aspirations within the guild. You step out onto the main street, and again, you're greeted by a busy street. People are noticing you, but they're not paying all that much of mind. You're just people. You don't look anything special. Artists, you maybe get a couple of glances for the feathers. But yeah, the three of you now have Vale's mom's last assignment, and it contains all the details. Where to find this target? Does it have to look like an accident or not? I'm going to say no. Wherever this order came from, they wanted this target eliminated. Full stop. Anything else beyond that doesn't matter. It's like, nope, want him dead. And as you finish reading the assignment, you look down and there at the bottom of the page, there's a little sketch of this person because somebody paid good money for this hit. Like, no, no, this is what he looks like. And right next to that little sketch, a sketch that all three of you definitely recognize, you've seen this face almost exactly. And right next to it, just says Patches. But it does mean we're clear to find out. And as you all stand there, I'm so glad we took that detail. And you're all three just staring down at this paper in shock and disbelief when I rolled these six here. One, two, three, four, five, six. <sighs> yes, it's Vale. Because I think Vale's in the most shocks. So this makes great sense. It was like, I know who killed my mom. And it was that little kid. And as you're standing there in shock, you just get sideswiped by a dog. You look down and there's Sniffins. <laughs> and you see a, a man, you see younger Samudio running oh. up, like chasing after his dog. Sniffins, Sniffins, wait, no, leave him alone. And Sniffins just like sniffing the three of you all up right now. He's a little smaller, but it's still him. It's kind of adorable. Sam looks a little bit younger, maybe not 16 years younger. Oh, I'm so sorry, folks. Please ignore my dog. Sorry. Right. You like dogs? I do. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Best of luck on your travels. Thanks. You too, sir. As Sam and Sniffins walk off down the street, you now have all the information you need to target patches somewhere in this memory. And with that, will bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber, spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter at Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com dot libsyn.com.